Think meditation is hard? Do me a favor. Take a slow, deep breath in. And now breathe out. Congratulations. You just meditated. Hi, I'm Crystal Joukowsky, and this is Breathe In, Breathe Out, a weekly mindfulness and meditation podcast for anyone ready to own their own shit and find a little peace while doing it. Welcome back to Breathe In, Breathe Out. I'm Crystal Joukowsky, and I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you. I first met Kevin Pennell when I was a guest on his podcast, which is Toward a Better Life. And it was such a delightful experience. We had so many things in common that I really wanted to bring him on my podcast so that we could talk about the Indigenous people. Now, Kevin began his journey with the Indigenous people of North America in the early 90s. He met Ken Two Feathers early on in that journey, and Ken Two Feathers became more then Kevin's teacher. They had a wonder-filled friendship, and um, 10 years into that friendship, Kevin wrote the book, Two Feathers, Spiritual Seed Planter, as Kevin Laughing Hawk, which addressed Two Feathers' life and Native American spirituality. There is so much more to his experience and his life. This is really just the tip of the proverbial iceberg, um, and we're going to talk about some of the keynotes of Kevin's experience. I really hope that you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed having him on my podcast. Hello and welcome back to Breathe In, Breathe Out. I'm Crystal Joukowsky, your host, and I am so excited to have Kevin on our show today. Kevin Pennell, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. This is awesome. We, I've switched roles for a change. I'm not a host. I'm actually a guest. <laughs> oh, isn't that fun when you get to switch it up a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, Kevin and I have actually, uh, we, we're finally recording right now because we, whenever we have the opportunity to chat, Kevin and I go off on so many different tangents and so many different realms. And it's because we are both interested in so many different things. We are always mm -hmm. looking for something new to learn or something new to teach, which means that we have a plethora <laughs> of things that we can talk about and go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. So we're going to make an effort to keep this um, a little shorter, meaning not four hours long because we could talk for four hours. Um, we're going to try and focus. <laughs> we're going to give it a, we're going to give it the college try, you know, the good college try, not the one where you smoke pot for the first four years and then decide to do college. We're going to actually try to focus. I think. Um, welcome to my world in this day, this day today. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what brought you <laughs> to my podcast studio. Oh my goodness. Okay. Is that, that can, that can focus. Well done. <laughs> Because <clears throat> tell us about yourself. Well, if you got about a two-hour, three-hour thing in mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but seriously, I, I, about it's just actually been about a year ago that I decided. You know, I really, I'm going to try doing a podcast because for 35 years, off and on, I was in I was in broadcast journalism and, and radio, so I. I just have a lot of fun with it. And I've published a, a book, worked on a couple of other books, done some magazine articles. I love to write, but for whatever reason, the publishers just were, you know, whatever. Okay, this is great, but you're not going to, we're not going to publish it. 
it's good stuff, but we're not going to publish it. And I'm going, yeah. fine, whatever. And I realized part of writing is you have to be able to accept a little two-letter word called no. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's standard procedure. Mm-hmm. And I just, in one of those moments, I said, you know, I did, uh, I did broadcast journalism and I did human interest stories for years. And I really enjoyed doing that, just listening and talking with people about their lives. And literally, I think it was like 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning. That tends to be what I call my spirit time. Some of the mm-hmm. most significant little truths that I've ever had. The title for the book that I wrote came to me in the middle of the night. And when I wrote that book, I wrote it from 5 o'clock in the morning until 6.30 every day until I got done with it. But that's my spirit time. And yeah. this time it came through as you need to do a podcast called Toward a Better Life. And I said, okay, that sounds really good. And then it started because I'm saying, okay, fine. I'll take care of it. It's, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to go back to sleep. And the universe says, uh-uh, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to sit down. As a matter of fact, you're going to write the full intro. You're going to write the first, first full promo. And it's going to be a few minutes long. And I said, okay, all right, fine. So I, I got up. Four o'clock in the morning, wrote it all out, and I started doing podcasts. And I joined a group that both of us are involved in, <clears throat> and they directed me to Crystal. And I asked Crystal to be a guest on my program, Toward a Better Life. Mm-hmm. And wow, we hit it off. And we just have so much in common. We have so many cool things to talk about. And, <laughs> and I went through the same thing with Crystal when she first came on my podcast saying, okay, so when do we really start the podcast? And we right. had probably, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes <laughs> on the phone before we actually started. So um, mm-hmm. I appreciate Crystal's insights into helping people helping people where they are, helping people to help themselves and learning that life really can be a a true, truly enjoyable experience if you look at it that way. And if you choose to look at it from a negative perspective, guess what you're going to get? And I said, you know, we have so many different things in common that we can do with that. You know, so, so this is, this is, this is cool. This is awesome. So. I love you and I want to put you in my pocket and just carry you around with me. Thank you for the boost. Um, one of the things that Kevin and I had the opportunity to really connect with and um, is dear to my heart is actually the native path. And so today, in the interest of bringing more awareness and more understanding about possibilities and different healing modalities that you guys can dive into finding your peace, finding your direction, finding your life. I really wanted Kevin to come on and talk about his journey with that native path so that you guys can understand a little bit more because some of us are really drawn to it. I can tell you that anytime I hear those drums, I am bouncing and walking around right along with it because there is something that speaks to my heart and soul and it brings me joy to be in that area. So, Kevin, what drew you to the Native Path? Tell me about a little bit of your background and what brought you to that new... I I became really curious about how the Indigenous people worked in close harmony with the world around them. 
they saw the trees as their brothers. They see the animals as their brothers and sisters. They would call the trees not trees, but they called the brothers, called them the tall ones. Mm-hmm. And would call the, the stones, the rocks, grandmothers and grandfathers. They would go into a sweat lodge. Or they call them the stone people because they were the wisest people, you know, because these stone people were, were uh, they've been around for thousands of years. And the only way that we have to communicate is if you're really in tune with stuff, you're walking along a garden past someplace, uh, maybe out in Colorado or Texas or Minneapolis or wherever you might be in this little stone, you're just drawn to it. And you say, I, <laughs> I got nothing, but it looks cute. So I'll pick it up. <laughs> and you, and if you actually try to tell that person, you do know that that stone just talked to you, right? They'd say, yeah, right. What planet did you just fall off of? But I was always intrigued <laughs> by the natural world. And I've always been intrigued by all the beauty of the natural world. And then I found myself just getting interested in that. And I started to say, well, I wonder if I have any native blood in me. Mm. And I said, well, uh, you know, and at the time I was living in Broward County down in Florida. And we had a pretty big library. The library in Broward County was huge. And they actually had an archive section. And you could go in, believe it or not, Crystal, you could go into there and you can look up the original manifests from the original Mayflowers. Obviously, they're on microfish, but it was amazing. We're talking about handwriting, okay, that they had preserved someplace. And I'm going just casually looking through the other, you know, and the curiosity part comes in. Oh, I wonder if Pinnell is in there any place. Yeah. 1637, third Mayflower, there's a Pinnell. I went, oh, my gosh. Gosh, my family has been here since 1637, and I know my dad had told me that you know, the other crew came in from Wales uh, around uh, sometime around the, in the mid to early 1700s because mm. we had, uh, you know, uh, our ancestors fought in the Revolutionary War. So, geez, you know, common sense would tell you, I've got to have native blood in me, right? I've been around here for three to four hundred years. It's got to be native blood in me, right? So I started that path and I started yeah. chumming around with different folks. And I was really drawn to a couple of folks. One of those people is a person I wrote about. It's uh, the book is Two Feathers Spiritual Seed Planter. And it's written by Kevin Laughinghawk, which is my spirit name that he gave oh. me. But when Kenny and I first met, and this is shown in the book, um, when Kenny and I first met, I went into that guy and I'm just talking with him because I was curious. And at the yeah. time I was doing news for a local radio station. And I said, you know, I wonder, I'm not really into the idea of interviewing this guy for a program, but I did see him identified in a local newspaper, the Gainesville Sun, I think it was. And I sat down and I talked with him and I just said, you know, you're an interesting man. And I I would really like to share a little bit more with you. And he says, sure, by all means, what questions do you have? And that short little time ended up being two and a half hours. Blew Not me difficult away. to do with you. <clears throat> well, if you knew Canny Two Feathers, you'd see that we're we're on the verge of destruction here for taking up time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Both, both of us just went on and on and on. And one of the most significant things that he said to me, he looked at me and he says, I have I do have a question for you, Kevin. So what's that? He says, Do you know who you are? 
Mm. And I said, well, sure. I know exactly who I am. I'm Kevin Pinnell, and I've done. I've, I've been a PI. I've been a cop. I was in radio. I'm in radio now. And you know, I've done this. I've done that. I've done. No, 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 no. Do you know who you are? And I said, I, I don't. He says, We'll go to that later. <laughs> and he told me also. He says, You know, he says, uh, So you write news stories. I said, yeah. He says, you know, maybe someday you ought to write a book about me or write a book about us. And I went, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like I'm going to do that. 10 years later, I did. (laughs) But, you know, so that's, that's kind of the process. I was, you know, Kenny and I got together and I looked at him as my, my, my good friend, my brother, my teacher, my mentor, um, we are convinced that we were related in a past life and we've got proof in our hearts and our spirits that that that's very very true and if i had a picture of him someplace i would try to pull it up here to show you because particularly in the cover of my book and if you go to amazon you can see it and people would look at that picture and they say well it's about ken two feathers why did you put your picture on the on the cover oh and i didn't that's Kenny. That's how close we looked like each other. And when, when I was living up in Maine, um, I'd be on the street walking along and somebody would holler across the street. And this is a little village up there called Bethel. And he would holler across the street and he'd say, they would say, Kenny, Kenny. And I'm looking around trying to find Kenny. I can't see Kenny anywhere. And Kenny. And I said, I, I turned around and then they said, oh, wait a minute. You're not Kenny. <laughs> they were talking thanks to me for the compliment <laughs> yeah thanks for the compliment i really appreciate that nice thoughts but kenny taught me so much about this stuff and and i was still convinced that i was native american you know after all i've been here 300 and something years my family's been here that long i mean my gosh i've got to be native american nope <laughs> a few years ago uh, vicky did a that's my partner. She got me a uh, one of these DNA test things, and I found out that I am Scott, Welsh, Irish, and a little bit of German. And here's the cool part that I didn't expect. I'm also Viking. <laughs> <laughs> and that answered a lot of questions for me, because if you go into some of the history of, of the Carolinas and some of the Virginias, you'll find out that a lot of the intermarriages that took place a couple of hundred years ago with the Cherokee people, and it looks like they would intermarry with Celtics. And if you'd say, well, why is that? If you start looking at the Celtic traditions and you look at them in comparison to Native American ways, both of them honor the earth. Both of them look at the, at the spirits of the world, the spirits of the animals, the spirits of the earth, the spirits of everything. And that's enough common ground to cause the beautiful relationship between people. And that's, so instead of turning my back on it and saying, well, you know, I'm not Native American. No, I'm a human being. And that's what Kenny would tell you. He says, you know, we, there's no such thing as a Native American, an indigenous person, this, that, the other. We're all human beings. And that is the essence of it, is to become a human being. And a true human being is someone who not only honors the earth, but they honor people and they honor others' ways. 
and that continued the journey. But it wasn't until um, about a year or so before Kenny crossed over that I came to the realization that, nope, I'm Scott, Welsh, and Irish, mostly. And um, I'm okay with that. But in the midst of all of that, what I learned over a period of, wow, 15, 20 years of exposure to uh, some of the indigenous people, particularly the Northeastern woodlands. Uh, Kenny was a uh, Penobscot <clears throat> and Sardinia. Uh, you have Penobscot, Micmac, Maliseet, uh, Passamaquoddy, you know, all that group that's up there in Maine and in New England. And I sat under his tutelage and learned a great deal about sweat lodges, about getting giving a name, about the significance of having a spirit name, the significance of the sacred pipe, significance of the giveaway, all those beautiful, beautiful stories, and how I made them a part of me. And in sharing them in that book, I, I encouraged it to other people do this as well from a standpoint of not to become a, a Native American but to become a better, better human being. So there's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> I, the question of, do you know who you are? Mm -hmm. Is a terrifying question. I think mm -hmm. for a lot of us, I mean, on the one hand, absolutely. I'm so-and-so and, -so, and I, this mm -hmm. is what I do, but do you really know who you are? And to be sitting, you were drawn to, Indigenous people, you were drawn to a Native American ways and to have this person sitting there asking you such a deep question where you, I mean, yes, you said, I'm Kevin Pinnell and I do this and this and this and this, but inside, were you freaking out? Oh, yeah. How did you, how did you move from, was it in just that one interview where you moved from, we're acquaintances and we're checking each other out and I want to know more about you that you automatically moved into, I want to take you under my wing or how did it change <laughs> from just these two people meeting to, you need to learn more about who you are and I want to teach you. It was, it was one step at a time in the, um, in the book, I talk about uh, asking for a teacher or looking for a teacher. And it was still the curiosity. And I'm a curious person. I'm a very curious yeah. person. Underscored that several times. Yeah. And curiosity can be a blessing, could also be a curse. <laughs> In this instance, it was a blessing. And the curiosity continued that Kenny... Uh, says, oh, you, we've got a we've got a Native American gathering coming up. You know, next month they have what they used to call down around Dade City. <clears throat> they called it the full moon ceremony, and it was mm. it was beautiful. And it was on the full moon, and you would we would have all these different people come, and and it was intertribal, and and even those that were not native and yet called to it. And don't let me forget, I'm going to go to that in a second. Um, yeah. they they're essence was drawing me toward a deeper understanding of these people that were so beautiful and so wonderful. And I said, you know, there's got to be something here and I can't quite figure it out. So I kept going back to Kenny and talking with him. This doesn't wasn't just one conversation. And to answer your first question, I'm sorry, was, 
you know, did you at that point in time realize that you were the student and he was the teacher? The answer is no. The universe knew it. <laughs> the universe knew, you know, it's taken us this long to get you two guys together. Crying out loud, you have no idea what a PIA this has been. <laughs> and um, so, you know, as we moved along, I started hearing about gifting tobacco and asking for a teacher and really what that means to ask an indigenous person to be your teacher. Uh, Kenny taught me a lot as far as being very traditional in some of this stuff. And I'm not dissing anyone for any of this, but uh, there were people that if you wanted a teacher, then you not only gifted tobacco, but you gifted money. And if you wanted a sweat, you gifted money and, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. And I'm not, again, I'm not dissing anyone because that's, that's just their path. But the way that I was taught is, is if I want a teacher, I gift them tobacco. If I want a sweat lodge, I gift them tobacco. If I want them to awaken a spirit pipe for me, I gift them tobacco, you know, and tobacco, why tobacco? It, it's bad for you. No, what it is, is, is it actually the smoke is lifted with our spirit thoughts in the smoke to creator, to the universe, to the, to the ancestors around us, because that's how the prayers are lifted. That's why so often tobacco is looked at as a sacred herb is because its essence, the smoke as it's burned lifts our prayers and our intentions to the universe around us and the ancestors. So you would give tobacco. And after a, a, a months, I'd say, I realized, you know, I really do want to know more about this. And I ended up gifting Kenny tobacco and asking him to be my teacher. And part of that entailed when you ask someone to be your teacher, you are like, I still use the term today, you've opened the door. And you've opened the door to what? You've opened the door to allow that person to share with you what they find to be the most benefit for you to be a better human being. And guess what? Some of those things they tell you, if you're a good teacher, you may not and you probably won't like. Mm -hmm. Because they tell you stuff that is better for you as a person. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was all... Actually, I'm going to tell you it was all roses because roses have thorns. Kenny upset me enough a couple of times. I wanted to punch him. I'm not, yeah. I'm not kidding at all. It just irritated the crap out of me. And he had me, I'm going to steal your term. He had me own my shit. And I really didn't want to own my shit because it's my shit. It's not somebody else's. Yeah. And it's so easy to say, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's, it's yours. You just don't want to admit to it because yeah. it's your perception. Yeah. So after a while, um, I became, you know, I was his student. He was my mentor. So he was a, my student. I was his student. I was his men. <laughs> he was my mentor. I'll slip on that because the interesting thing is, is when you get in deep enough with somebody, the roles do reverse. Mm -hmm. Because you establish a beautiful relationship that is beyond words. Yeah. And as he would say, 
um, I'm not sure about our time frame here, but if you, if I don't know if I can do this while we're talking, <laughs> I'm going to find something since it's just going to be shown on YouTube. There's a beautiful little story. If I'm allowed to do okay. this, okay. What do I do with yes. this? <laughs> yeah. Right. This is your podcast. Well, it's my podcast. You are it's, my guest. You get to do what you want. <laughs> see if I can, see if I can, if I can do this in a camera. Okay. So I've got, there we go. I've got three dots here, right? Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to take this. I'm going to draw a couple of lines here. And here it is again. And I Hold see the arrows. Back. Hold it further back so we can see it better. There we go. Okay. So when we're here, this is you and I talking. You and yes. you and I, Crystal. Okay. Yeah. But the relationship that we're forming also forms another relationship. Mm -hmm. This is our higher selves communicating. <laughs> and they're communicating in terminology we cannot identify. We cannot mm -hmm. communicate because we don't know. We don't understand that language. So in a higher form, you and I are communicating. And that's how Kenny and I were. And that's how all relationships are if you really look at it. And it's yeah. when it's when we have these type of relationships that people should understand that, like, I don't want to go down this road because it's a whole nother podcast. But if you <laughs> if you are in a situation where you need to end a relationship. This needs to finish also. Mm. Because or not finish, but you'd redefine it. Yeah. Because you've had that communication at that level. And so you have to figure out a way to make it real, to make it a good thing. And one of the things that we've used, I know some people think about affirmations. And I got an affirmation years ago. And this was not native. It was not indigenous. But it came from a spiritualist that I met down in Florida. He was an elder in the group down there. And uh, the, the words go... Um, you put a name or an object in the beginning of this affirmation. You'd say, Jack, I now release you to your good. The good of one is the good of all. Now keep those three little things in mind that I just showed you. Because Jack and I have had a relationship. But now we need yeah. to shift that relationship. So the I... Jack, I, that I, is the divine side of me, the higher yeah. self. That I, I now release you to your good. I now release you to your higher self. Yeah. I now release you to the good intentions that you have. And the ultimate result of that is, in doing so, you help everyone and yourself included. Because the good of one is the good of all. And that's how, that's how you do stuff. And if, if, we, yeah, if we realize that, it really helps our relationships a lot more. So you can see where I can, we can really go to town on that. So that information was shared with me <laughs> in that it's so important that we really do get the picture of what it's like to have a relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. And to and to be integrated with that person because we are at a at not just linear, but the whole picture. 
Yeah. So we're embraced together in that whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's, so there's a ton in there and I was trying to quietly and discreetly take some notes because there are so many things that I want to jump back to. I do the same thing. So um, I'm, I love the illustration when I am working with a client or when I am being taught with somebody I have, I have for a long time, 20 years been very aware of my higher self and um there have been plenty of times that my higher self has been talking with the other person's higher self and then i receive understanding so it Mm -hmm. helps me to see their perspective it helps me to see their point of view why they feel a certain way when i'm working with a client i allow that i make sure that that conversation between my higher self and myself is very clear so that if there is information that i need to give to my client while i'm teaching them how to listen to their higher self it's a very sacred and beautiful connection that you can build and you can really honor like yourself with your higher self and understanding and trusting the information that you get from them and as a teacher and a student connection it's even more sacred and special because of the added depth of the relationship that can happen because of the fact that you're willing to spiritually connect together mm-hmm. my husband has this phrase he says the student becomes the master mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think yeah. and i that goes to your comment that that it does we shift for a little while we become we are the teacher or we are the student and after a little while we are going to shift and we will be the other we will be the student or the teacher on some level in some manner and it's a beautiful give and take because we're all human and we all have experiences that we can share to help change lives um in beautiful gentle and not so gentle ways some of the best lessons that i have learned are the ones where i just kind of want to flip the finger and say screw you i don't want to talk to you anymore and in the same aspect (laughs) (laughs) and then i have had those clients who they don't talk to me for a week or two because mm-hmm. what I ask them, what I am inspired to ask them from my higher power saying, Hey, you need, you need a bigger nudge than what you're willing to accept right now. So I'm going to say this and it really upsets them. It's really infuriating. And yet they always come back and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I needed that. I wasn't Mm -hmm. willing to accept that. And the way that you did that was so fabulous. It hurts like hell. It pisses us off. And yet those moments, as long as we're still saying yes, and, and I'm going to choose into this, then we'll see what happens and where it goes. And I'm really grateful for you that, that Kenny was able to push your buttons. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You, you have no idea. <laughs> he, cut, he came in. I'll, uh, go ahead. No, you're good. No, no, no. Please, you, you had a question. I want because I will ramble forever. No, I was. What I was going to say was actually to the audience in the fact that oftentimes those people who are so challenging have the biggest lessons. They have the biggest opportunity for shifting for growth if we step back, take a moment and ask, okay, 
What am I supposed to learn? What am I being shown? How can I deal with this? Instead of shutting down and putting that wall there and and a million locks and everything else to push that person out of our lives, maybe we step back and say, okay, how can I learn and how can I grow and how can life be better because of this really frustrating moment that I am experiencing in this moment. So friction is good. It is. Um, geez, somebody, somebody ought to come up with a line like breathe in and breathe out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thank you. um, So, (laughs) so a little while back, I want to bring us back to this because I wanted to come back and you mentioned that you wanted to come back. The whole concept of you thought for sure that you had native American blood in you that you were somehow related to that. And then you go in with Kenny two feathers and you're learning from him. And you said you wanted to return to this concept of the fact that you actually don't have, and yet you were learning from. Right. So in, in some work that I had done on my own and thankfulness to others um, for what it's worth, uh, I, my background is in, my degree is in theology and I did a flip some years ago and I will not, again, I'm not going to put anybody down because they go to church because that is the level of spirituality. That's the way you achieve your level of spirituality that you're, that you feel that you're growing from and that you getting, you're getting a lot of benefit from and that's fine. It's just not who I am anymore. It was part of my process. I don't regret any of that. But all that being said, I'm leading into something. And that is that I, I strongly believe in, in reincarnation now. Um, I believe in it so strongly that I can tell you that there are incidents in my life where dreams that used to come to me after I had uh, made a shift and I had made a change that was needed in my life guess what happened to those dreams? They stopped because I made the change that was necessary. And I realized after I had had this one, I had one dream that was, it was to the point it it would actually become nightmarish and it would wake me up. And it was, it was scary. Um, And I'm sure people have had these kind of dreams where you would have a dream where you either you want to punch somebody and for whatever, for whatever reason, everything goes into slow motion and you can't quite get your fist into it where you need to go because it just stops. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or you have the other situation, which was this one that I had a spear in my hand and I was, I was native. I was in the, I was a Pueblo. And I, I was, I was, you know, I had my spear and I'm, we were being invaded and I knew that I had to do something. And I just kept trying to move forward with this spear and it's my, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and nothing would ever happen with that. I had a past life regression done by a, by a colleague of mine um, and came to realize the reason why I had such a hard time with that is because that's not what happened. Oh. I was a spiritual leader of that group and I had taken the vow to be a peacemaker. 
And that meant that I didn't raise arms against anybody. Hmm. And um, the truth came out is that I watched my family get killed. And wow. that, was, that was tough. And after I realized what was involved with that, I saw for the first time at, in that juncture, the real essence of what I was in that life. And not only had it been that, but I also found that there were some roots in, in, uh, in the Kiowa nation. And um, because I was, I talked with a, somebody one time and I was, we were just having a great time. It's like you and I are having a great time right now. And we started singing some wonderful songs and some of the songs that just came from the heart, just came from spirit. I'm just going at it. And the lady that I was with at the time, she says, she just held her hand up and she was Blackfeet and, and uh, Blackfeet and Polish. That's a good combination. Mm. And um, she says, you need to stop right there. And I said, why, what, you know, what did I do? And I'm still, this is like yeah. three or four years into my, two or three years into my path on some of this, you know, indigenous yeah. people path. What did I do? Did I offend you? And she yeah. no. um, have you, have you ever been around Kiowa people? And I said, no, I've never been around Kiowa people. Where are they? And she says, well, you know, up Midwest. And I said, okay, so what? She says, well, you're singing in Kiowa language. <laughs> I got nothing. Huh. <laughs> and again, I did some, did some more work and I'm, I'm comfortable with that, that, that there's Kiowa. And some people say, oh, you're just one of those frilly foo-foo people that just believes in anything and everything. But what I've got also down deep inside of me is a, a real sense. And it was brought into full light when I saw and I heard from Kenny, but I heard about a story that was given down, I believe, by the Hopi, and I can be wrong, but something about that there are so many souls who are out there from the 500 nations that occupied North America. There are not enough bodies for the souls that have crossed over. And so some of those yeah. souls went into the people of today, the huh. white people. And those that have the hearts and the minds ready for this sort of thing. And that was, that was like, okay, I can accept that or not. All I know is just I'm going to move along with the way that time feels I'm the most comfortable. And, so, and yeah. I will talk about you need to be very wary of being too comfortable because, you know, you can get so comfortable that you no longer grow. But yeah. comfort in the sacks, I would say not comfortable, but content with the concept that <clears throat> I am confident that I've been a native in a past life. And that's why one of the reasons I gravitated back to this is because I see the connection between my true heritage of the Celtic people and the inherited or reincarnated heritage of my native side. So, yeah. It's, it's powerful stuff. I think that um, <clears throat> I'm searching for the right words in this moment because there are a ton of thoughts and ideas going through my brain right now. And I want to say these words in the most respectful and honoring way that I can 
we are drawn to different things. We are drawn to different ways of life and it is all an opportunity to learn and grow. It is all an opportunity to find compassion and expansion with understanding a different culture, a different way of living, a different state of being. And this is, and I would like to mention that not by way of just like Native American and Indigenous peoples. I'm talking about um, people who live different than us. Maybe it's someone who chooses religion and the structure that that gives them over spirituality. Perhaps it's someone who has a different um, societal belief, right? Whether you're Republican or Democrat or all those things. Perhaps it's someone who is LGBTQ plus versus someone who is not and unaware of it. Somebody who is, is deaf and in that community and culture and somebody who is not and is trying to learn how to respect and honor the different cultures and ways of living around us. And I think that, that learning about it, inviting that in from a very respectful and honoring space, we learn so much more. And just like you are the student, you may also become the teacher and help people recognize that you're not out to get them and that you are more balanced and that things are okay and whatnot. I think there's this huge opportunity for all of us to come together in this compassionate, gentle space. If you are drawn to the beliefs and the feelings and the teachings and the culture of Indigenous people, I encourage you to dive in. I encourage you to respectfully dip in your toes and send out to the universe and say, hey, can you send me a teacher and help me meet the people that I need to meet so that I can start walking on that path? Because the only way you will find that person is if you do open up. Kevin and I, Kevin and I were talking about um, the yes and concept <laughs> right now. Kevin's very much in this yes and what else can I do? And if you say, yes, I would like that teacher. And what else can I learn? <laughs> so many things shift, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You bet it does. <laughs> Just be ready for the ride. I think part of, you know, part of it is, is uh, I think when you are working with someone within the native community as an outsider, I would say this. I felt truly honored when I was living out in the Southwest, living living in Arizona, and I found the sweat lodge to be so beneficial for me as a person. And it really did a lot for my heart, my spirit, my soul. And what a wonderful group of people they were that were there. We had it was on the Pima Reservation, and if you're familiar with Phoenix, that's uh, that's pretty much really close within the city limits of of area of of uh, Phoenix. But they were Pima, there were Pima, and there were Navajo, and um, that was pretty much it. Those two people, and excuse me, there was Apache. There were Apaches there too. 
And sweat lodges that I had been to up to that point were, you know, a big one for me was, you know, like 10, 15 people. This sweat lodge alone was probably, I'm going to guess it was, it was elliptical. So it's probably pretty close to somewhere between 16 and 20 feet long and probably a solid 12, 12 to 14 feet wide, big, big sweat lodge. Wow. And I thought a big sweat lodge that we would have or a really heavy duty sweat was having 12 to 15 stones. No, we had somewhere between 48 and 52 stones in that sweat lodge. And everyone in there, you could just feel spirit in there. And I faithfully went there for my own sake. I mean, because I needed that in my life at that time. Um, I had drifted a little bit. I'm still on the path and still doing it, but I'm still, I'm being pulled into other stuff. And we can maybe go into that later or go into another podcast. <laughs> but we all will drift from time to time off of our given path. And sometimes it's done for different reasons. But in this one, uh, I just felt, I felt really good that it gave me that grounding that I needed. Yeah. And Literally out of the proverbial blue, the leader came to me and parenthetically, the leader and his wife actually helped uh, young men and women on the Pima reservation with substance abuse. And they used the sweat lodge as a, as a vehicle to help them overcome substance abuse. <clears throat> so it was pretty powerful. He yeah. came up to me after I'd been there for some months put his hand on my shoulder and he says, can, can I speak with you for a minute, brother? And I said, sure. What's up? He says, you know, we have another sweat lodge. I said, yeah, I, you know, coming next Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was. He says, no, no, no. He says, we have a family sweat lodge every Sunday and I'd like you to start attending. Oh, wow. That blew me away. <laughs> and literally invited you into the family. Yeah. And no ceremony, it just was what it was. And I also had the opportunity, uh, one of the Apaches in the group came up, put their hand on my shoulder one day and then said, oh, we have a very special thing and we'd like, and this is after I had been invited to go to the Sunday sweats because it was at one of those Sunday sweats that he came to me. And let's face it, guys, <laughs> I don't look native. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, are you familiar with the uh, with the dance with a very special Apache dance where a young woman is ushered into a young lady is ushered into womanhood? And I said, "Yeah, I'm a little familiar with that." He says, "Well, we have a young lady who's doing that. This, you know, whenever it is." And he says, uh, "We'd be honored to have you." And this is the one where you would have the the dancers uh, in. The brain's gone right now. Hopefully, it'll come back. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Crystal, maybe you can help <laughs> me out here. But you have the the special dolls that you can buy at gift shops, and they're the really cool-looking dolls that you get. And um, they're Hopi, basically. Yeah. Well, the Apache have them, too, just so you know. And um I went to that dance and they had the bona fide ones. They didn't have the tourist ones because you can go to either one of those dances in Arizona. And this one, you were stopped on the road 
when you were coming in saying, mm-hmm. you know, who invited you? Yeah. And, and I told him, I said, okay, you can come in. Okay, fine. We'll admit you. Mm-hmm. What is, I, I want to know, and I want my listeners to know, what is the purpose or the intention behind the sweat lodges? Good question. There's a chapter in the book about that. <laughs> um, sweat lodge. Um, I attended my, the sweat lodge basically is to, uh, how do I start with this? Mm-hmm. Sweat lodge is an opportunity for us to bear ourselves to the universe and to cleanse ourselves from whatever is holding spirit back. Um, Black Elk and uh, his nephew, Frank Foolscrow, also had the same thing. And that is that with sweat lodges, you are given the opportunity to bury your soul and to go down deep inside and reveal to you what you need to change. Fool's Crow mm-hmm. talked about being a hollow bone. And there's a workshop that I've done before called Becoming a Hollow Bone. And interestingly enough, to me, it's also one of the central truths like love because the Dalai Lama talks about becoming, believe it or not, he uses the term becoming a hollow tube. But the mm-hmm. hollow bone is just simply this, that you get rid of the stuff that's inside that bone to allow more spirit to come through that's unobstructed. Mm-hmm. And they give the analogy, they give the example of a, of a plumbing pipe that if it gets clogged, the water can't get through and you have to mm-hmm. unplug it for water to get through. And so the sweat lodge gives is one of the vehicles that can be used to help rid ourselves of the stuff that's within our being, within our bones that will help spirit to come through better. That's one of the parts. Yeah. Um, but in, in most cases, it's, a, it's an opportunity of cleansing. And Beautiful. That's, that's what's done. And that's another piece that I was taught that if you want to have a sweat lodge, then I've, I've, I was honored in being able to be taught how to do a sweat lodge. And I've poured a few sweat lodges. And the way that I would do a sweat lodge was that somebody would come up to me and this is how my, how Kenny taught me and others chimed in with the same thing is that you come up to me, you give me tobacco and you give me a reason why. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not trying to be a jerk, but if somebody comes up to me and says, Ooh, I want to have a sweat lodge because I want to know what's like. And it's, you know, because you no, know, why do you want it? It's like the same question. Do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. And if you give me a good reason, or if you give that elder a good reason and tobacco, there's your, there's your way. And typically what I did was, is somebody would give tobacco or somebody would give Kenny tobacco and he'd say, give me a few days to talk with the spirits. And that's what you do. And my yeah. thing was, is the way he taught me is I wait for three times to come back through. And the third time. It affirms it. If, I, if the third time doesn't come in a certain length of time, then it ain't it ain't going to happen. <laughs> not trying to be a jerk, but it's just not meant to be. It doesn't mean that you can't have a sweat. It just means that I'm not supposed to be the one to do it. 
or maybe wow. you're not supposed to have one. So there's no money exchanged. It's just, it's you gift, you gift tobacco. That's the way I was taught. And you typically yeah. break bread afterward too. So is that, there's a lot more to it than that. Does that answer the question? I know it's a, it's a fantastic answer. And I, <laughs> I very much appreciate it because it literally brings everything back to intention and mm -hmm. spirituality and being connected with source, being connected with the universe, being connected with spirit, whatever that phrase is that works for you. So Native Americans, Indigenous people, some people are going to do sweat lodges and that is how they connect with that spirit and other people are going to go to organized religion and that is where they have that connection with that higher power that brings them the peace and joy that they need. It all works for everyone depending on where you're at and what you are seeking and what fills your heart and gives you the answers that you need in that moment. And so... I love, I love the intention behind it. I love the purpose behind it. It's I am seeking or I would like to connect or I need this. And because I need that, I am going to seek for answers. I'm going to seek for healing. I am going to find somebody who can help me move forward and be better in my life than I already am right now. So thank you for that answer. Thank you for sharing because... Mm -hmm. Part of it is the magic word that you used is something I use with with students when I when I teach not only workshops but I when I teach in massage school and when I teach whatever. Um, intention is key. Intention is critical, and yeah. so it doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to look at the reason behind it. Yeah, and you need to really say, am I doing this for the right reasons? What's my intention? What, what am I really engulfing in this? What am I really putting into this? What kind of energy am I putting into this? Yeah. And if you're working with someone, side note, massage therapy, is, is if you don't have the intention when you're talking with somebody, or excuse me, when you're working with someone and you're doing the massage with someone, you're doing the body work with someone, any of the stuff that we're talking about, even if you're doing counseling or if you're doing anything like that, and if your mind is not totally focused with good intention with that person, don't think for a second that they won't feel it. You don't have to say it. Words don't have to express what's really going on. And if we, and we're human, we're going to do this. But if my brain is on, well, geez, I wish this interview would get done because I've got other things to do. If I let that intention come out in that, going back to the little three little globes I had. And yeah. if your higher self picks up on that, guess what? I'm going to immediately. Close this out. <laughs> Yeah, you you say, okay, that's good. See ya. And I never hear from you again. <laughs> um, but it's it's a it's it's the side the other side of that is if you're a if you're a body worker and you are totally committed to this person and you're not thinking about your rent, you're not thinking about, oh geez, this is this person again, and you're not thinking about, ooh, what am I gonna do this weekend? And if you're not, you know, all the little thought monkeys coming in, and if you're not sidetracked by all that, guess what? They know it. 
They know when you are connected to them. And then the magic really happens because they say, wow, I don't know what this is that you've just done with me as far as a massage is concerned or whatever the case may be. But it's the most fantastic, most beautiful, most, you know, it was an awesome experience. And I will come back. And you say, okay, great. And it's just, it's magical when you do that because because people want that. Uh, I was talking earlier today with someone and they said, you know what people are starving for right now? I mean, we're doing this on a podcast. We're doing this on YouTube, but they really miss being together, Mm -hmm. actually touching, actually with each other. And it's that communication. It is so important. But anyway, rambled on intention. Next. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. I've also noticed for me personally, I I have done uh, Thai massage, meaning I Mm -hmm. am a trained Thai massage therapist. And so um, I have often found that when I am in it. And this goes for, I mean, we've, you, you brought out massage therapy, but I think that this goes for almost any action that we're doing. Mm -hmm. If you focus on the action that you're doing and you are really in it, I am cutting these vegetables and I'm getting the same size. I'm sanding wood. I'm chopping wood. I'm working on a client. If you focus on that and let everything else go, it actually becomes a meditation. One of my favorite things was to be working and losing my mind in what I was doing and having that intentionality and the fluidity because I was just present in that moment. And that presence is what brought me peace, is what brought me more energy to continue with the rest of my day. And so intention, the presence, and things are completely different. So, Kevin, what are you doing now? What are you doing? I'm talking with you. (laughs) You asked. I mean, like, like these days, I mean, you, I mean, you and I could talk, talk forever. You guys, I'm telling you, Kevin and I could, we could, we could do a year's worth of podcasts and probably not touch on the same subject twice. Um, And that's fantastic to find such a gift like that. So I sincerely thank you for having me on your, a better life podcast. And then I, Really, thank you for being here because I really wanted to talk about the native way of life and um, their love for the earth and their connection to mm-hmm. the world around us. Because I think it is so absolutely beautiful and I I feel that draw and um, it is one of those things that speaks peace and joy to my heart with all of the other things that we have talked about, but not necessarily on this podcast, what else are you into these days? Like what else are you doing in life? Well, I, I do have to share one other little thought with native American stuff. Cause it just came yes. to me and I would just want to honor that, that if you are a person listening to this, watching this, and if you're being drawn that direction, be you white or be you native. And if you yet you are drawn that direction and you start to seek out someone, know this, that eventually if you're doing it for, with the right reasons or the right intentions, it goes back to the old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. But at the yeah. same token, when you find that teacher or where you find that person, you don't just run right out and give them tobacco right on the spot. No, it just, 
take your time, go slow, take it yeah. for somebody who has been there. Oh dear. You know, I want everything and I want it right now because that's the way you do stuff, right? No, take your time, be patient would be one key word. Another key word to keep in mind is love, trust, thankfulness, um, honor, sharing, caring, giving, loving. That's the ones that I'm trying to run in my brain. But that's what we would say all the time. To, to love, to share, to care, to give. We're coming up on a season called, uh, of course, Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and I have a podcast coming up that's going to be on the Thanksgiving address. And if you have an opportunity to look up on Google or listen to the podcast, doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. What's most important to me is that you look and find the Thanksgiving address as it was, as it was delivered by the Iroquois people because it's beautiful. Um, when I did it the other day, I got, I got emotional in it. I just, it just really hit my heart when I would listen to my really good friend, Mike Douglas, giving that information to me. He was main primitive skill school. Hope you don't mind my sharing that, <laughs> but, um, thankfulness is so important to be thankful for the air that we breathe, be thankful for the life that we have, be thankful that we are old because we could have died young. We'd be thankful for the simple little things, be thankful for the person in your life, be, be thankful for the people in your life. And, you know, so what am I doing now? Well, I am doing, I'm enjoying doing podcasts. You're talking about being focused on stuff. People really, my partner can't believe it about how I can sit down with my, um, with my audition uh, software and I can spend hours editing. You can share that information with Avery, <laughs> um, but I can, I can, I can just go away. I mean, hours will go by and I'm just sitting here going, <laughs> but yeah. I'm such a big, I'm a big picture person. And yet at the same time, I can be very detail oriented when I need to be. Mm -hmm. So that's in native traditions. Sometimes that's referred to as mouse medicine. But anyway, so I do my podcast. Uh, I, I do some instruction. I do some workshops um, I am a massage therapist who sees people here in Asheville, North Carolina, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and, um, I probably see sometimes people would ask, even if you're a massage therapist and you're listening or watching this, some people will ask me, well, how many massages do you do a day? And I typically am going to do two to four. And that's my happy mm -hmm. place. Yeah. Could I do six? Yeah, I could, but I wouldn't last. Uh, I've been doing this for about, I've been doing body work of some no, level or another for about 22 years and it can be done. So I do do the massage. I do podcasting. Um, I walk in nature. I love to get out and about. Um, and I just like being when I can. Uh, we, uh, through our other conversations that we've had, uh, Crystal knows that we're into cars a little bit, and I do have another <laughs> podcast called The Driving Experience. <laughs> I'm really into BMWs, um, you know, and racing. Uh, I used to race, but I don't race anymore. Um, 
just because, you know, I'm not going to say I won't because I don't know. <laughs> but I, I just like to live an active life. I, I'm not, we are currently living in a uh, senior community while we wait for our house to be built. And we tried this for a while and Crystal, we can't do it. And I'm not putting anything down, but I, I cannot be that old person. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't do that. Nope. Just can't. No. You're not ready. <laughs> no. And I, yeah. I don't know that I ever will be. My yeah. goal was um, in, this is related. There was, a, uh, there was a teacher who taught, she was actually responsible for, for uh, trigger point therapy. And her name was Janet Travell. And mm -hmm. Janet continued her work as a massage therapist and, and doctor up until about three to four months before she died at the ripe old age of 96. Oh, wow. I intend to beat her record. So I got a place to go. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but just stay Good active. Time. And if, if you're, if you're older and, and if you're a senior, you know, and you feel like, Oh man, I just you know just stop doing what you're doing and go out for a walk in the woods, bathe in the woods, and no, don't take a tub with you for crying out loud. I'm talking about being <laughs> one with the forest. Um, but, you know, be active, get around young people and, and just be and enjoy life because that's what we're here for. We're here to learn. We're here to be filled with joy. We're here for contentment. And I mean, if you look at the Dalai Lama that still does live things on occasion, and I saw something the other day and I realized he's pushing 90 years old and you look at him and he's still smiling and he's still going around and he's still happy and he's not dejected. He's not down. So yeah. now let's see, yeah. what else do I do? Uh, <laughs> I build things. <laughs> <laughs> I stay active so, and I, I, I let my brain stay active. So, so yeah. in all of that activity and all of the things that you're doing and loving and enjoying, what is your favorite or most unique oh, activity for self-care? Oh, good one. Yay. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what you thought I was going to ask. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> what's your favorite one? Oh, God. No. No, what's your favorite? What's your favorite I, way to take care of yourself and rebuild, regenerate? Because you're doing a lot. You're out and you're, you're functioning. What do you do for I, you? I'll, I will answer this with a line that I've used for years. It's four words. Go with the flow. And what I mean by that is today I missed my run. And I missed my walk, missed, missed my run because I'm doing two podcasts. <laughs> one I did, one I did, and one I'm being done. <laughs> and so I could get all upset about that, or I could look at this as an opportunity for me time because mm -hmm. that's what this has been. Yeah. You know, I'm sharing with Crystal. Uh, and this is me time. This is this is what I want to do. But the rest of that part, it's for self-care. And I've taught and I have a workshop that I do with this. But self-care is the, one of the biggest things for self-care is awareness. Yeah. You know, what what's missing? 
So I might fill that void with going out for a walk in the woods. I might fill that void with doing some Tai Chi and Qigong. I might start to do the Chen style 48 and I might get through half of it and start saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah. And, you know, I want to go with the flow to what generates within me the sense of being me and no one else. And if you, if you look at that book that I, that I wrote, one of the things that came up in that book was, I am a chameleon, true, for, true story, or I have been, where because of my background, and this will really spin us off and I'm not going to go there, but because, <laughs> because of the way I was brought up, a long time in a residence or a place or a community was two years when I was growing up, two years. Mostly it was like 18 months on average. Wow. And we move. And it was, it was just no regrets, not upset, no problems. But it's funny because what that taught me to do is how to connect with people like that. And I could yeah. make a connection. I could, I could get that. But in order to do that, I had to be like them. Listen to that. I had to be like them, not like me, like them. Why? Because in the way that I thought, it made me more comfortable around them because I'm like them. But then is when I really got the message that Kenny was trying to ask me years and years and years before. Kevin, who do you think you are? Who are you? And I went, wow. And that's when it really, that's when the change really happened. And people says, geez, would you do that again? I said, I would try to avoid it like the bubonic plague. <laughs> but I don't regret a bit of it because I had to go through that. I had to do that change. So yeah. go back to the question, what do you do for self-care? I listen to the still small voice in my heart. When I used to, when I've uh, signed off on my books before, I would say something to the effect of let your heart and spirit guide you because they'll never let you down. Mm -hmm. Let your heart and your spirit guide you because they will never let you down. Your heart, your spirit, not the other person's. But listen to your heart within and go with that. And once you get that message, you can maybe find that what you want to do today for self-care is meditate. I do that. Um, mm -hmm. I can meditate for a few minutes or I can meditate for two hours. I've done it both. Um, yeah. yeah, I can go down that road and we're not going to go there, but you know, <laughs> meditate, Tai Chi, Qigong, Reiki, I can get lost doing massages. That can be, believe mm -hmm. it or not, that can be my self-care is giving Absolutely. a massage and of course, receiving a massage is also, is also self-care, but you've got to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to. <laughs> you are, you are like echoing so many things that I already say and I absolutely love it. It's like these gigantic exclamation points coming down saying, hello, hey guys, remember? Self-care is the conscious and intentional act of taking care of your own needs. And it mm -hmm. could change from day to day. It does not matter. What matters is that you are letting your heart and your spirit be your guide because they're not going to steer you wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, bam, booyah, bring it on. Um, and meditation, you know, meditation is the moment that you tune out the world 
and tune into yourself. You tune into mm-hmm. the breathing, you tune into the moment and you let everything else go. So I think one of the things you should do with part of the, part of the self-care is change it up. Don't yeah. try to do the same thing every day. Because if no. you do the same thing every day, it becomes a habit. And before you know it, a habit becomes a rut. And you only uh-huh. different, you know, do, do you know the only difference between the rut and a grave? Both ends are knocked out. That's the only difference wow. between a rut and a grave is you got both ends knocked out. Wow. Okay, guys, let's stay out of the ruts. I have one more question for you, Kevin. I have one more question for you. You've already given us a really good one. So who are you is a great journaling question. I love to leave all of my listeners with a journaling prompt or a question that they can think about and really answer. And who are you is amazing. Mm -hmm. Is there another one that you can think of that you would love to encourage people to explore. What have you done for self-care for yourself today? Okay. Just today. Just today. Not for the whole week. Yeah. Nope. No. It doesn't have to be huge. It's one little thing today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What have you done for today? So, so if any, I have, I have loved having you here. I have loved chit-chatting with you. I really hope that everybody out there listening has enjoyed listening to us as well and that you've been inspired and that you are leaving this session of this podcast uplifted and smiling. I am. I love Kevin. I love just the way that it's so free and easy to talk with you. How do people find you? And is there any last tidbits of wisdom or words of knowledge that you would like to share with people? So I would, I would say first, you, you can contact me through my website, which is uh, towardabetterlife.com. If you want to reach out to me, just write me at kevin at towardabetterlife.com. I am available to do consultations and stuff like that from time to time. I haven't mentioned that, but I do. I have done that, and I will be more than happy to do it. Um, so that's that's the two easiest ways to do it. Um, you know, if I go into phone numbers and stuff, yeah, I know. <laughs> when we get acquainted, you can have my phone number and we can text. That's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> the easiest thing is towardabetterlife.com and Kevin at towardabetterlife.com. And that's you know, the email and the, and the website. That's the easiest ways to do this. Um, and if you're in the in the Western North Carolina area and you're looking for a massage, you can still do the same thing. And I'll just direct you to who to, who to contact to get a massage. <laughs> I think, I, I think I would leave people just with those same simple words that if I can get them again in my head properly, and that is listen to your heart and spirit because they won't let you down. Amen. Oh, Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing with me and starting my day off so beautifully. So right. Thank you. you. Pleasure is all mine. We'll we'll (laughs) do this again.
I hope this moment of self-care and healing brought you some hope and peace. I'm Crystal Joukowsky on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and I hope you check us out and follow along for more content coming soon. I look forward to being with you again here on Breathe In, Breathe Out. Until next time, take care.